0: It's the Exit 52 podcast back recording here on a Monday night. It's the two-man game, baby. It's me and RDT back with you. I feel like I was just here recording the Ravens instant analysis uh, 24 hours ago with uh, with Spenny and, and Banks. Some great Ravens talk after a big-time win over the Browns, so make sure you go back and listen to that. But we wanted to make sure we got a little Orioles talk in Little season recap before we get into the full playoff preview later this week. Um, Orioles, obviously, as everyone knows, division clinched. What a moment at Camden Yards. Um, home games coming on Saturday and Sunday, which are going to be absolutely electric. City will be buzzing um, against either the Texas Rangers or the Tampa Bay Rays, uh, depending on who comes out of that three
1: game wild card set, which begins tomorrow in Tampa. Um, by by the way, really quick, I've already looked it up. There are an insane amount of seats available for Tampa Bay. You can get in for $23 tomorrow. um, The other one
0: that's like that, I believe is Milwaukee or Minnesota. Is it that where you can get it for seven bucks? (laughs) Baseball. Yeah. Um, Can't get in that. Can't get in that, uh, that cheaply to the Orioles games on Saturday and Sunday. That is a more elevated price. Um, No, no, no. It is the the one thing, the only thing I will say about the Tampa situation is they're playing at three o'clock on a Tuesday in a game Mm. that nobody knew was going to be scheduled until last week, essentially. And you still don't Mm know the time. So, I mean, it's tough for a fan base that's already not like unbelievably robust to then get all those people. I don't I I would love to see what the three o'clock Tuesday tickets for an Orioles home wildcard game would have been. It would have been interesting, to be honest with you.
1: Yeah, and I'm trying to remember. Obviously, the ALDS, the Delman game. I think that was a three o'clock game, but that's ALDS. That's, and that's, that's a fr- I think that was on.
0: a – Was that on a Friday? Yeah, so it's Thursday a or Friday?
1: Cold. One of those. Yeah, I think I it was remember. a Friday
0: because I was in my um, Maryland uh, days was setting up the press box in my intern days was setting up the <laughs> press box. So I think that was on. A, I think that was on a Friday. Um, so but yeah, so. Orioles back in action, but we want to do a little season recap here. Me and RDT, just just some quick Orioles talk. And RDT, I have some questions set up for you and I that I have not ran past you. I have mm-hmm. six questions in the positive, and then I have two negative ones if you want to tackle them. We'll start there with the six positive ones because this has been a hell of a season. Over 100 wins, mm-hmm. division title, first place in the American League in the regular season. Everything you can ask for. Are you ready?
1: Yeah, I do. I do. We should also go back or at least grab a graphic of the preview. I think me – was it me? You and Spenny did? Yeah. Or yeah, no, me, so and, Jake. I, me I, and Jake.
0: Me you and Jake. Me that, and yeah, Jake. Yeah,
1: I would like to compare what our what our wins are and who had the biggest regression and stuff like that. I think
0: we cool. all put the Orioles in the playoffs, correct, all three of us?
1: I can't remember. I know I tweeted that I thought they win like 88 or 89 games, which, mm. you know, I look like yeah. an idiot there. I know we all
0: I, I, toasted the over-under, which was – I mean oh. –
1: Talk about the, easiest.
0: And a half. Yeah, talk it's about the easiest bet of the year. Um, all right, let's
1: start with this. The Orioles have handed this award out team MVP. It, and I tweeted this a couple of weeks ago, like there's legitimately five, six, seven guys who you could argue would be it. But the last three or four weeks, the last month, I think Gunner really just kind of cemented it. Um, his plays in the field, he's had some monster, you know, offensive games. Um, I think he clearly established himself as the 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 MVO, the most valuable yeah. Oriole, Um, which he won, and again, right, rightfully so. I mean, I, I think he hit two, so like it was like 260, 28 home runs, I think like eighty two RBIs. But I mean, it was every time he needed a big hit, he was doing it. Every time, you know, it seemed like he had he hit some monster home runs in some big situations. His, you know, I I think he should be a legit Gold Glove um, candidate at the utility position. Um, he was just. He was awesome. He he was really, really good down the stretch. And Adley really heated up, you know, late too. But I, I think it has to be, it has to be Gunner. And I, I think the uh, the media got that one right.
0: Yeah, I think that, you know, as you said, there's a lot of different candidates. I think ultimately it comes down to the two young bucks. It comes down to Gunner and Adley. I would actually give it to Adley. And I would say, because of this, his overall season-long body of work including his, the beginning of his season, I think is a little bit better than Gunners. And I think as a catcher with the way this pitching staff, you know, kind of came into its own, both with him and not giving him credit for last year. Cause this is this season, but he also managed to staff, you know, for the entire year it, it, while becoming one of the best offensive catchers in the game, you know, 20 home runs, 80 RBIs, you know, hit two seventy seven. Um, obviously was an all-star had the moment in the, in the home run derby. I just think, He at that position is, you know, not that replaceable by many guys in the entire league. And what he brings, I think, from just a you know leadership standpoint, and I'm saying that without being in the clubhouse, he could theoretically not be a leader at all. But since he's, they've just won since he's been here, and he it feels like he deserves it for that reason because that has continued into this year, and he has been in a really high level all year. Whereas Gunner, who has been spectacular really struggled at the beginning of the year and kind. of And I mean, remember there was talks about like sending him down at one point, which he's totally thrown to the side and been fantastic. And there's no need to even really ever talk about that again, but I just like Adley's overall blood Absolutely. No problem with Gunner winning the award. When I saw that tweet, mm-hmm. I was like, that's, I mean, you said it. it's a total no brainer to give it to him, but I would give it to Adley for those, you know, you talked about Gunner being a gold glover. I think Adley's value also behind the plate and what he's done with that staff, um, has, has been, has been huge. So
1: yeah, it's great great to
0: guys that, that,
1: that have a legitimate shot for it. As you said, there's
0: guys right under the surface there that could also be considered.
1: Well, and I tweeted out the other day, like I, you know, I was curious. I was like, who would everybody's your top three be? And I said, Gunnar Adley, I said Bautista, but I shouldn't have, I should have done Braddish. I meant, I, I just messed that up. Braddish was incredible. Braddish deserves his, you know, all of the flowers. I think he finished top three in the AL and in in ERA. Like he had the best pitching performance season long that we've seen from an Oriole in in a long, long time. I mean, you got to go back to Mike Mussina for some of these numbers. He was incredible. Um, I think he got first place votes. Bautista got first place votes. O'Hearn got first place votes. Santander got first place votes. Plus, plus um, Gunnar and Adley. So again, I mean, at one point, it was like, a, I don't know, just it could be any of these guys. So again, you you really couldn't go wrong with any of them. Um, I would have been perfectly okay if it was Adley, if it was Bradish, it would have been like, yeah, that's fine. If it was Bautista, I would have been like, yep, that's good. Um, but again, you know, Gunner, I I, I thought it was was the right choice, and and it's just such a great problem to have where it's like, oh yeah, any of these eight guys could win the award. That's how good this team was this year.
0: Hundred percent best pitcher.
1: I, I, I gotta go Bradish just because um if Bautista finished the year healthy, I think you could have made an argument for him because he's obviously he's arguably the best relief pitcher in baseball. I think he was. Um and then Bradish, just again, the way that he kind of came out of not nowhere, but he wasn't we don't we didn't talk about him like we did a Grayson and you know, guys like that. But he really just like he had one bad start I think against Boston, and that's it. Like he went a full season just absolutely shoving. I mean, his numbers are insane. And again, like he was never, he was just kind of a guy like, you're like, yeah, you know, you could, you could spot him in at four, maybe five, you know, just to, to fill out the rotation. And then you look at his numbers, which I'm pulling up right now. I mean, he was really, really good. And again, he had some big pitching performances and some big spots on the state on the big stage. I mean, he's 12 and seven, a 283 ERA, 168 strikeouts and 162, 168.2 innings pitch in a 1.04 whip that's a really really good you know just just season long performance i thought that he was does. awesome um again not taking anything away from bautista the injury sucked we kind of got robbed of that last month and seeing what his numbers would have been and the, the record you know chase for the strikeout per mm-hmm. nine but i think it has to be kyle bradish
0: i think you're absolutely right it would have behooved of us probably to have gone back and listened to our preview pod and and to to take a number of our takes but we'll do that when we have Jake on the show so we can we can go through all of them mm-hmm. because I I think Bradish was, I think Bradish was a guy we briefly talked about but wasn't exactly a like you know this is who the st- rotation is going to lean on it was more of like a you know can they get certain things out of like Wells and Gibson and Cole Irving to to bridge themselves to Grayson mm-hmm. like that was the sort of like the idea obviously they they Jack flared into the mix eventually um and Dean Kramer was always going to kind of be there but Bradish really was the one that took the reins of being, you know, the every five day you're getting a quality start guy. And he yeah. was that guy. And not to say that, you know, Grayson ended up being great by the end of the year, that Gibson and Kramer and Wells didn't give you really quality starts. Obviously means at the end of the year was is a nice story and will play a huge part in the playoffs. And I think you're right. If, you know, Batista plays the rest of the year, gets to like a 50 saves type of number, 45 to 50, you know, best reliever in the game, blah, blah, blah but ultimately for what they needed it was it, they needed a starting pitcher to be like hey I'm the ace and that ended up being Kyle Bradish. Mm-hmm. That was one of our biggest questions coming into the year of like who is going to be the top end guy. At 26 years old, you now get really excited about what his next 4 or 5 years can be. Um especially with the Grayson right there with him. You know, mm-hmm. we we talked about like you know, are the Orioles going to have to sell a ton of these hitting prospects to go get a top end starter? I still think they're going to eventually do that. But now with some of the pieces they built, and especially those two guys, you know, that, that, that is even more of a tantalizing prospect as they move forward. But I think you're right. It's Braddish. He barely had any bad starts. He's just been fantastic. And it's going to be an awesome moment when he gets the ball in game one of the ALDS and he will have fully, fully
1: deserved to get that ball. Um and it started last year, too. His second half last year was really, really good. And, again, I think we were all kind of like, oh, maybe this is kind of fluky. You know, I don't know. I mean, his numbers against Houston, he has absolutely dominated them. And, again, that started last year late in the season in Houston. And then he continued it last year in Camden against Houston. And then this year, again, especially. So he seems to really step up in those big games. So, yeah, it's it's it was awesome to see him kind of just cement himself, like you said, being like, hey, you know what? I'll, I I, got it. I'll step up. I'll be the guy. And he did all year long. Yeah. And I think, obviously, as you said, Bautista's the other guy in the conversation. I just think there's a worth of a mentioning here
0: for Yanir Kano, who came out of nowhere to become the guy in front of uh, Felix and then down the stretch has has kind of come back into form and and will you know kind of be the closer, I think, as we roll into the playoffs. So um, great season for him. Great mm-hmm. season for
1: him. And again, I mean, if if you want to throw in Grayson's second half, obviously he was a night and day pitcher. I think him and Bradish were both top three in, in ERA since the All Star break. So again, just obviously his first half was awful, terrible, disgusting. But the second half, it was just a completely—he looked like a completely dif- different pitcher. So yeah, and what's but,
0: honestly great uh, about that too is this Orioles team could theoretically, in another world have a situation where it's like, God, who are like the playoff starters where Mm -hmm. they're all kind of like similar guys. Like they were trending to be in the playoffs. I think before we realized that Bradish was going to have this consistency of pitching at a really top and level. And then before Grayson kind of went on this run, I I think we probably had conversations in like, you know, July of like, okay, well, when they get there, like who would be the guys? Like these are clearly the top two guys. Then you fill it, figure it out from there. Which is awesome.
1: Like they knew who they're giving the ball to next Saturday and Sunday. Mm -hmm. Um, Unsung hero. I think that's easy. I think that's Ryan O'Hearn. It has to be. I mean, again, this guy was a waiver claim or no, I'm sorry. They t- traded uh, cash considerations to him. He would like, there was a, he was not going to make the Royals, like the, the Royals, the Kansas city Royals. And now I think he ended up hitting 289. He was hitting 300 for a majority of the season. Um, he, he's hitting 300 as like, as like a week and a half ago. Yeah. Yeah. And again, he's dropped down a little bit, but he was, I mean, I'm, I'm looking at his numbers now. Yeah, he played in 112 games, 100 hits, 22 doubles, 14 home runs, 60 RBIs, hit 289, a 322 on-base percentage, 480 slugging, 801 OPS. And not not to mention, he was awesome at first base. And, they, you know, they threw him in right field a couple times, left field, and he was, he was fine. But he played some really good defense at first, and he really – I mean, again, we talk about clutch hits and big moments. He had the three-run home run in Toronto where he really kind of – made himself this like cult, not cult hero, but like, he was like, Hey guys, you know, don't forget about me. I'm here too. And he was, I mean, he was just fantastic. They needed a big hit. He was getting it. He had a big home run in, in uh, Philly. They ended up losing that game, but you know, he still brought him back. It seemed like if he was up with the guy on second and one out in the eighth, that guy was scoring. He was, he was hitting a gap. Um, And again, I, I you know, he's a guy who may have thought he was on his last legs or something like that. You know, at the beginning of the year being like, I need a new, I need to change. Something happens. You know, I I need to go somewhere and he he gets a chance in Baltimore. And again, I mean, kind of, he stepped up when Ryan Mountcastle went down with the vertigo, which was a very scary situation for Mountcastle. And then it turned into people being like, you got to trade Mountcastle. We have O'Hearn. We got to trade Mountcastle. And then they turned into the Ryan brothers platoon, which they were just mashing when Mountcastle came back. So he was again, we talk about it. I mean, there were eight or set, seven or eight guys that kept this team afloat for a, a two, three week period. And Ryan Ahern was one of them. So I think he's easily the, um, you know, the, un, the um, what is what were you saying? The un, unheralded unsung, or, hero. unsung, yeah, the unsung hero. hero. Yeah. So, uh, you know, what, what a year for him. That that was an awesome move and pickup by Elias. And I mean, again, that's a move at the beginning of the year. People are going, I, okay, sure. Who, who is this guy? You know, whatever. Like, He's not going to play. And then, lo and behold, he turns into Steve Pierce. Obviously, you know, he didn't lead the team in war, but he turns into the 2014 Steve Pierce where he comes out of nowhere and wins you ball games, And you're like, this guy is awesome. So, yeah, happy for him. It was just an awesome year for him. He's definitely the winner. I think that
0: in a world with – in a world with – I'll just make an argument for one other guy. In a world – with all the star power they now have at the top, with Adley and Felix and and Grayson and Gunner, some of these guys, I think Anthony Santan there just kind of gets forgotten in the middle mm-hmm. of this team. A guy that played 153 games, hits 20 at homers, around 108, 100, around 100 RBIs, like he's just a constant. And I think that sometimes when you're a constant you just kind of do the same thing every single time, you just kind of get forgotten about. And he, I think, is going to have a moment here when we get, you know, in over the next couple weeks where, like, he's going to have his, like, big, big moment.
1: Yeah. Um,
0: and we've seen him. He, he showed up in the World Baseball Classic in this type of environment. And so I'm, I'm just fascinated to see if he, if it raises him up just a little bit more. Um, yeah, I can see that. So I, I think O'Hearn is clearly the guy. I mean, what an incredible... Um, he reminds you of Cano a little bit. But Cano's gotten a lot of, like, the national plaudits. He made the All-Star game. So he's, mm-hmm. like... He's, you know, he's kind of and gotten his flowers. Yeah, O'Hearn is a guy is is
1: so clear the answer is. But I just wanted to throw a, a shot in there for Tony Taters because yeah, you know, what a year for him. I was reading something. I think it was. I forget what it was. I was reading today, and they were like, "Son, like he doesn't get grouped in with the young hitters in Baltimore." They were like, "He's twenty eight. Like yeah. he's not old by any means, but he's not included in the Cedric." like Adley, Gunner, you know, Mountcastle group. But they're like, he's not old by any means. He's 28 years old. He also, he made some great plays in right field this year. He had a handful of really, really nice catches. So yeah, he he was, he was awesome too. And Cano is going to be another guy that, that um, I wanted to at least bring up because it's funny. I was, I went back and I rewatched the last game of last year, just to like go back and see it. And Cano pitched in the game. And I was like, I had no idea who this guy was. And they were like, Oh, yeah, yeah, this guy, you know, he has the stuff, but he's just way too inconsistent, and we'll see what they can do with him in the offseason. And it was just like, Well, that's you know, nice looking back into that uh that magic eight ball or that crystal ball or whatever.
0: And that's what's so funny. You talk about the like young hitters. Obviously, if Adley, it's funny that Adley's 25, Ryan Mount 26. Yeah, like <laughs> but Ryan I'm, Mountcastle's like this, like old, you know, you know, Austin Hayes is 27. Yeah, well, like, it's also funny because
1: again, like People and that's even, because Adley Adley was a college hitter, so he yeah. you know he's young, but he's old, um, well, older. The, the age thing gets me because again, anytime like they show Adam Fraser and they're like, there he goes, the oldest man to ever play baseball. Like it's in it's incredible he's out there. And I looked up his age earlier in the year, and they were like, he's thirty two years old. He's not he's not Julio Franco, like yeah, thirty two. And they're like, wow, it is a just a miracle he's even breathing right now. Like think about this: Mountcastle's twenty six, Heston Kirschat is twenty four. Yeah, like it, this is, this is like the Joe, or it's going to be the Joe Burrow, like Lamar Jackson thing. Like, yeah, yeah. It's, yeah. it's going to be that age comparison. Yeah. Uh, most underrated. Um, um, I may go Tony. I, I think I would go Santander because again, he doesn't, he had the big moments. He had the Yankees walk off, um, the one, nothing home run. Um, and again, he, I tweeted it earlier. Like when he gets hot, he hits his home runs in bunches where he's hitting five in a week. He's hitting six and four games and he's just you know mashing the ball i think he was he was one of the top doubles uh hitters in baseball um this year so he he again he always seemed to show up when you really needed it and he did go into these cold slumps i mean he started out the year bad too because i remember after the wbc we were like oh man he's he's seeing the ball really well and he's gonna he's firing off and and then he kind of you know was slow to start but again when he gets going there aren't many better power hitters in the game. He, he can really, really hit them. Um, and again, he, you know, he played almost every day. He's very, he's like a sneaky athlete. Like he makes some nice plays and right, but he, he's not the fastest. He doesn't look, he doesn't run like a gazelle, but if you needed a play, he'd make it. And, and, and again, if you needed a big hit, he would be there too. So I, I, I think Santander for me. Yeah, I think he has an argument. I,
0: I I almost thought of giving this to Austin Hayes, but he he was, was an All Star, so you can't say he was underrated. But he just doesn't get talked about. I'm gonna throw a little bit of a curveball. I'm gonna give it to Kyle Gibson, who I think it going into the year, it's like, oh, this is a guy. He's on the you know back end of his career. He's kind of off the scrap heap. Gave you exactly what you wanted.
1: Mm-hmm. I mean,
0: like you know, fifteen to nine. I know wins and losses don't really matter. But through almost 200 innings, and it was just kind of a workhorse, and was there all year. Started 33 games. Like, I think, you know, he's not one of the Orioles' best three. Or, you know, maybe he's the third best starting. No, not with me, he's the fourth best starting pitcher on the team. Maybe you, you know, whoever's behind. But I just think that they they got exactly what they needed out of Kyle Gibson, and Kyle Gibson gave the club what he had—a mm-hmm. mid-four ERA and a lot of innings. Mm-hmm. And you need you need that. You just kind of need that in mo- in modern day baseball from some of your starters. And in a world where two years ago the Orioles <laughs> trotted out guys that could not get through five or six innings, Kyle Gibson was a nice story. And I'll I'll show him a little bit of love here. He's not yeah. gonna get the ball in, in the first couple games of the LDS. He's gonna pitch some innings, I'm sure, in the playoffs. We'll see if it what role it's in. But um props to him for giving everybody exactly I think I think it was like, oh, this is a guy that like, you know. we we, we're waiting for this guy's innings to get replaced. And he sit and he stayed and did his thing the entire year.
1: So, yeah. And, and he had some rough starts, you know, again, down the stretch. And it was kind of like, all right, maybe he's kind of running out of gas. And then I think it was the game in Cleveland where, where they needed a big start and they needed to rest the pen. And I think he went eight or he went seven. And he did that a couple of times this year where again, they were like, Hey, we need you to go seven. We absolutely need it. And he did it, and and again, he, you know, he's not a two ERA guy, he's not a three ERA guy, like we know what he is. He's an older veteran, um, but again, he was there for a reason, and I, I thought he did a, a decent job of it this year. Um, one other guy that I do want to name is Danny Coulomb. Yeah, he my ERA other addict.
0: pitcher I was going to potentially say. Yeah.
1: Yeah, sixty-one games. Again, this guy was brought in like a day before opening day. I had no <laughs> idea who this guy was, um, and he turned out to be a really, really good pickup. And and again, I. A, just a very solid bullpen arm, which again you need a lefty. Um, he just seemed to always get the big out when you needed it. He came on with guys on you know second and third and one out and was able to strike a guy out or get a ground ball or a pop up, something like that. So I, I did want to shout out to him. He was fantastic this year. Do you want to even do the two negative ones? Yeah, we can. Do, I, I think so. Sorry. Biggest
0: disappointment.
1: Um. Bu- bu- bum. Biggest disappointment. I am kind of rolling down the list. Um, I can go first if you. Yeah, yeah, you, thinking. yeah, you go first. I'm st- I'm looking. I'm I kinda- hate to
0: do this because I l- really like this guy and I thought he was great on our podcast. I think it's Colton Cowser. I mean, mm-hmm. unfortunately, in the run of Orioles prospects that hit, he didn't have his best stuff when he came up to the big league club, and that's his story is certainly far from finished. Um, but I think many people thought that it was like, oh, they've brought in Aaron Hicks and Colton Cowser will replace him and be a starting outfielder as we head towards the playoffs. And it just never really happened for him, unfortunately. Um, yeah. and he had a great moment a couple of days ago for the Tide. So he, you know, he's gone down to AAA and, and refounded. And that's great. And I, he will be in spring training next year and I'm sure make the big league club out of spring training and, and be great. But, I think there was a lot of expectations for him to just follow in this line of guys that was impressing Mm -hmm. Um, and he just wasn't able to do it. Um, Could not hit at this level yet. So or at least when he was up. So hopefully that gets rectified, but in terms of the hype level, he feels like the biggest disappointment to me.
1: Yeah. I I, I think that's, that's not wrong. Again, it it was kind of disappointing to see. I mean, he kind of produced early had some big hits in the Yankees game and series. And then it kind of was
0: getting on base a little bit, you know, scoring mm -hmm. runs that
1: mattered. Yeah. He was, you know, Then it kind of got time to like, hey, we got to we got to figure out a move here. So yeah, I I don't think that's a bad move um, or a bad pick. Um, I'm gonna go, and again, this is not piling on this guy. Cedric Mullins only hitting 233 with a 305 on base percentage, and he, he did get hurt. And again, that groin injury is is not an easy one to play with, work around. It lingers, as we saw. But he just could never really get it going. Obviously, we were there for the birdbath night. um, we saw him there, the cycle and all that. but and, I, I mean he he showed up in in big spots. He had the 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 big home run in Houston. he had the the inning performance in Seattle, which was incredible. um, and he was probably on his way to making the all-star team before he got hurt, but yep. two thirty. he had really got he had really gotten hot in the first half
0: before the injury,
1: yeah, and then again, he just could never really he had a lot of bad at bats. I, I don't, I got to look it up, but it, he seemed to, every time you looked up, he was Oh two. And then they're throwing it in the dirt and he's swinging or, you know, it's He's striking out on, on one and two every single time. And it seemed like he was trying to hit home runs all the time. Um, just popping up a lot. And, and again, he never, you just couldn't consistently come through and, and have these moments. Like we've seen him in the past. So, Again, I I, I really like the guy. It, it, you know his defense is incredible. I thought his defense took another step up. I thought his arm, which has always been below average, here. He made a couple of nice throws. Um, he made one from left center, the far corner, to gun somebody out at third. I forget who. Um, but he had a he had a couple of nice throws. He threw out Jordan Alvarez from uh, center field the Houston series like two weeks ago. But he his defense was fantastic. The offense again it left a lot to be desired. Two thirty three for Cedric is just not he he got it got to give a little more and again he only played 116 games um 94 hits 23 doubles the three triples 15 home runs 74 rbis so again 19 stolen bases three three caught stealing that's fine but 101 strikeouts you know that's i I thought we would get a little more out of him again obviously the injury kind of puts the asterisk on it but i i think it has to be cedric
0: yeah for sure it's mill-timed injuries for him and he's gonna play a big role um, mm-hmm. as we move forward through, through the playoffs. So you hope that he can kind of get back on one of those hot streaks. Um, but, yeah, I would agree. Of the guys that played consistently – Yes, yes. Um, or, or sort of were, you know, starters in pen like he would be when he's healthy, he's the most disappointing of that group based on expectations. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, Cole Irvin I also would throw in there.
1: Yeah, but didn't. I w- I will say – I mean, at least the thing with Cole, though, is, again, I, I did – Obviously we didn't get what we wanted out of him and he never really got his rotation spot back or, or you know, but the fact that he was openly being like, I'll do whatever it takes. You want oh, me to no no to doubt. Life? No, you no, know yeah, I'll team do that. Guy. you need me out of the pen. I got you like, no, you know, didn't bitch, didn't piss and moan. Um, so yeah, but but I I'm with you again. I thought he would be a, a rotational guy, and that may just be a note about the rotation and how other guys stepped up, and he has never got that spot back.
0: Well, the last guy I was going to finish with, who's really even more than that, is they traded for Jack Flaherty
1: to start playoff games, and he's not going to do that. So yes, true. But again, if he can be a weapon out of the bullpen, sure. much like I mean, and, and what's, what speaks you. and
0: why it's so great, and it goes back to what you said. What is great about the culture of what they have built is those guys seem just as bought in as everybody else, even though their individual seasons have not gone the way they probably would have liked. Mm-hmm. Um, and it does, it seems like, you know, you see Flaherty in the clubhouse, you know, party, like they, they. there's no like moaning or, you know, sitting in the corner. There just doesn't seem like any of that. And that's great. And it's like, that's why it's even hard to, it's hard to like throw down any of these guys from a disappointment standpoint because they're all so bought in that it's like, there's no like story of like, Oh, you know, behind the scenes it got really bad with blank guy blank eye. So you hope that they then have their moments later in the year.
1: Well, there were there were a couple of those stories floating around. But again, yeah. some of the guys seem to I don't know if there was a talking to or something, but some of the guys have seemed to come around. So yeah. We'll, so we'll say that. That's but, all that
0: matters now. It,
1: it's also it's funny just, that it's
0: just like the US Ryder Cup team, most unified <laughs> team ever.
1: Where it's it is funny that we're just trying to like nitpick to be like what went bad about a hundred and one wins and
0: we're like I don't know. It's (laughs) Well, that'll take me into my last question. Lowest point
1: of the season. I think the Adam Jones night. I think, you know, I think the retirement. (laughs) That's what I, I mean, that, you know, I mean, that night was like a, this is going to be an all time great Camden Yards night. They sold out a week and a half advance. I'm telling people not to go to the Maryland game. Like forget the black uniforms. We got Adam back. And then they just got their dicks kicked in. They got their lunch money taken. They were, they were licking the white dog crap. Right in front of you know your house, they got embarrassed. And again, that's when they lost those two to the Cardinals. Then they lost that one, and then um, the Thursday night game too. I think it was that was the Tampa two. Tampa, so again, yeah. it's like, oh my god, it's a you know that that game either put them up, is that a half a game and a half, or, or that may have even tied them with Tampa again, being like. We may get swept here. This may be the sweep that that we you know hasn't come yet. So I you that, the,
0: then you have the amazing Grayson Saturday night, and then the, the game, moment game on Sunday.
1: Yeah, and again um, that, that was that's the only point I think I thought where was really teetering, and it was like, oh no, what w- you know what this this could go very wrong. It was that, or it was the first uh, City Connect night, which I don't know well, that may have taken yours, but Grayson kind of just again laying an egg, and and Texas teeing off on him. I can I I can't say that Friday game because I was so detached. I'm so glad I wasn't
0: involved for a, we did have it on the we did have it on the press box because of, you know, for how many in it? Some some people, some people sitting next to me who are raised fans who also work in Maryland had to sit there and watch right in front oh, of me. Oh, I forgot about that. But but I got my revenge a couple days later. Um The lowest point for me is the Kevin Brown thing. I I mean, Uh, that was in a world where there was some off the field stuff that happened to the Orioles that was just so um, (laughs) ridiculous. God, I forgot. Um, I forgot all about it. (laughs) That is the one that takes the cake of just who knows what the real story is. We will never know, but you know, we will know probably to a certain extent. But you know, there's voices we'll never hear from on it. That was just so ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> and it's obviously great. Kevin Brown is back. All Everything is hunky-dory. But that was just a gross distraction from what was just an epic year um, developing for the team. So that, to me, is the lowest point. Um, that Friday race game is probably the Adam Jones night's because that was poised to be a great night. And then we'll finish it with this, RDT, your favorite moment of the year.
1: I mean, there's a couple besides winning the
0: division, besides winning the division. Yeah, winning the
1: division, obviously. Yeah. Uh, being at that game was fantastic. That was that was a lot. Of, I had not had that much fun at an Orioles game. In a, well, since the bird bath, I mean, it's been a lot of those games this year, but that was like a truly like, oh my God, this is an incredible game. Um, and shout out there were a bunch of the podcast listeners in our sec in section 16. There were a ton being love of that. like, hey, I love the podcast, blah 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 guy pickles. Uh, this weekend too. Shout out to him. I forget his name. Him and his dad were there. Um, and I don't, I mean, there could be so many, it could be Adley's first swing on opening day, the home run. That was awesome. Incredible. It it could be Adley in the Derby, which was again, he lost, but that performance wasn't, uh, was unbelievable. Um, it could be the Ray series that got that led to the Kevin Brown situation where they took three out of four and Gunner had his whole series. Um, it could be the Gunner stretching that single into a triple. Um, I, I, I don't know. Like I, I gun to my head. I'm sure again of the bird bath, the, the Mullins yep. cycle. Yeah. Um, yeah. I was at the Taylor Swift concert. <laughs> I'm trying to think. I don't. I truly don't know. Um, it, I'm. I'm going to give you two that
0: are tied for me, and one underrated one. So I don't have one that wins. Sunday versus the Rays at home, clinch the playoffs. Yeah. Come back. Yeah. The, the
1: double down the line. Yep. Incredible. Incredible.
0: Sorry, Alyssa. Incredible. Um, the um, I wasn't there for this or watching live, but I was leaving college park um, the day of the Sunday night baseball game against the uh, Yankees. Yep. And I, I went, I went to hit golf balls and I'm standing at the range and I I lost track of time. And I was gonna try to get in the car to like listen to the first few innings as I drove home, then watch the rest when I got home. So I like lose track of time, I'm like, oh my God, the game has started. So I like pull my phone up and just look at and it says for nothing or something. And I'm like, like, oh my- nothing before I got to my speech. God, they're just blowing the doors off them in the first inning. Mm. And I'm like, this has got to be the greatest baseball game anyone's ever attended at Camden Yards. As I'm just then put on ESPN, I just watched the rest of the first inning. And and just an amazing, like, statement of intent from that team on a national the first really national spotlight game of the year. Mm -hmm. Where it was like, oh, my God, so then baseball's back in Baltimore. Like, let's get a look at this kind of young, up-and-coming Orioles team. And they could not have put on more of a show. Yeah, my underrated one is the Jorge Mateo scoring on a ball like early in the year, mm-hmm. scoring on that ball they should never score on. That to Detroit. me was like that to me was like there was a lot of Orioles magic stuff early, but that was the first one I was like okay, there's just going to be some weird stuff that happens. Like <laughs> what just happened? Like that was in the middle of Jorge Mateo mania. Obviously, that petered out as we went through the rest of the year, but <laughs> it was just. It was just magical. I was like, "This is just so ridiculous that this is happening." The yeah. Adley, I mean, really, you're right. The Adley first swing on opening day, I was like, "Oh my god!" I, we're, I literally we're we're like the greatest dudes ever existed. This
1: is unbelievable. And then, yeah, I mean, not even though his first swing, he goes five for five, like with the yep. you know the double and and uh, yeah, that again, I'm and like more games are coming to me like as I'm just like any of the, you could think of any of the games in Toronto where Mount Castle, you know, you, Austin Hayes's catch in Toronto. I mean, that was an unbelievable play. Like there were just so many big ones. I don't know. I mean, it's, and again, credit to Masson did it. And I don't know if you saw, they had an hour long like season recap tonight and they I showed that. all that's the, awesome. Oh, it was so good. And, and, it, you know, they, they, they just covered everything. I mean, Gunner's 460 foot home run against the Royals. I don't, and I don't, I don't know if you've ever heard the call, um, I forget who does it, but they've been they've been tweeting out all the like the away calls for these big Orioles moments. And the Royals broadcaster, the second gunner hits the ball goes That ball will never be seen again. That's all he says in the most monotone voice ever. Was it my guy?
0: It wasn't my guy. Jake Eisenberg was it. He's calling games for the, I don't think it was him. I I hope
1: it was. That would be great. If it was, he, I I would, I feel like
0: I would have heard about that. He used to call Maryland games. Jake's the man. He's like the secondary broadcaster for the, maybe,
1: you know what? I think I met him at pickles this year. I think I did. Wouldn't shock me. me. Great dude. He said he came to, he was like, I went to Maryland and he had never been to pickles. I think I did meet (laughs) him this year. Um, I don't know. I mean, there were so many Mountcastle hitting the home run over the bullpens. Like that one kind of went his nine RBI games. Spenny and I were at the game in in April. Like that was Grayson's first start. Um, I, there's so many, so many good games. Like, and again, it's a great problem to have where I'm like, I don't know. There was 101 wins. I don't know what my favorite one was. It could have been any of those. And I would be like, yeah, that's fine. Like it's perfectly good.
0: That's why this type of show is fun. Um, a lot different than the lat three years ago, right? About way, a, lot, a lot different than every other season recap we've done. <laughs> last year was good. I assume. Last year was yeah. Last year we felt good about. It. Last year we obviously felt good about. it. That is very true. But this is this is totally different This one is on the pre- This this one um, previews a playoff preview, which is a nice place to be. Huge. Um, Huge. That is it for us on this episode of the xv Two Podcast. As I said, we will be back for a a Orioles playoff preview. Ravens pre I mean you got Orioles and Ravens Steelers this week what a freaking week for Baltimore fans and Stevie um, Nicks and Billy Joel Stevie Nicks and Billy Joel uh, and, and and if you're a Maryland fan you have Maryland at Ohio State in one of the biggest Maryland football games in 25 years
1: so, Mark Titus Mark Titus on uh, mostly sports today said Maryland may win that game
0: Terps are Terps certainly are going to challenge I would say they're going to challenge the uh, challenge the Buckeyes um so that will be a massive day um we will be there to cover it all. Orioles preview coming. Obviously, we'll have all our Ravens stuff that we do this week. Jumbo set. Make sure to listen to all that. Ravens instant analysis. Go back and listen to that show. Me, As I said, the top me, Spenny, and Banks came on after the win over the Browns. And then we will have instant analysis on Sunday after everything, after Orioles and Ravens. Um, I think we're going to try to do as many Orioles instant analysis as possible after the playoff games. Mm-hmm. I know RDT is potentially planning on doing some watch-alongs as well. So, yeah, yeah.
1: we're going to try and figure some of that stuff out again. It's kind of just all, yeah, but this is our yeah. first
0: time covering a postseason <laughs> Orioles team. So we're going to see what works and what doesn't and kind of throw a bunch of different stuff at you. So um, get excited for that. So uh, the coverage will be will come fast and furious from the exit 52 crew. So
1: uh, can, I add, about it. can I add two notes too? absolutely Wednesday this Wednesday. If you're listening to this, it's probably Tuesday um come out to jimmy's uh doing the event with dl hall which again it's like we're going to be watching whoever the orioles may play i mean that game those playoff games are going to be on come on out to jimmy's um i think it's i think this charity is soft side which is like the pet pet charity and stuff like that so again come on out um get an autograph meet dl um the the one with grayson last week was incredible if you were there you know how good it was he's the best um dl is if better, maybe. I obviously we've had. Yeah, he's a
0: fun. I mean, we've had DL on. He's a fun guy to talk to.
1: Great personalities. Um, we're gonna try and get some of the other guys to pop on in. But again, I mean, come on out, watch some playoff baseball that the Orioles are not playing in. Like, again, it's like a it's a perfect storm. Um, get some get some crab cakes, get some drinks, and again, um, come hang out with DL, uh, mix it up, and then shout out to the Tides too. It, nobody. The Orioles are the number one seed in the AL, and then they're like, oh, yeah, by the way, their AAA team just won the fucking championship. Like, with Colton Cows they hitting a 455-foot Grand Slam, with Jackson winning whatever other award he won today. Like, yeah, I was going to say,
0: and by the way, the prospect <laughs> of the year
1: also it's, plays for the Orioles. Scary. Like, this team is – they're getting the, – they won 101 games, and they're going to be better next year. Like, that's terrifying. Absolutely terrifying. So, yeah,
0: I mean, there's a lot – there will be a lot of time to talk about it, but – the perspective infield that includes Jackson holiday oh. and Gunnar Henderson is mouthwatering.
1: Yeah. And then, Oh, Jordan Westberg and Ryan Mountcastle and, and Ryan O'Hearn. But also th- I will say this, my last note, the time they took a 4 a.m. flight from Vegas back, e- back East. That is brutal. <laughs> yeah. And that's disgusting. after they win the championship. It, it is also funny that again, we, I think we talked about it Sunday where minor league baseball is like, we cannot, we, these guys are getting, dressed in like closets and we can't afford this and that and they're like oh by the way we're gonna fly the entire organization out to vegas for one game like that's all it is one game so and then colton when colton won mvp he won an xbox as his prize <laughs> I, I i asked Never him what he did with, i asked him what he did with it he goes i gave it to buck Britton i already he goes i already have one i'm like i don't need it um, oh so, <laughs> very
0: funny time of the jimmy's event with dl
1: yeah, it's it's six thirty uh, again on Wednesday. What is that? The fifth, um, third, fourth, fourth, and just fifth? the just to oh, line yeah. it up for
0: the people. I mean, it, it, RDT is not lying. You've got Rangers raise at three, Blue Jays, Twins at four thirty, Diamondbacks, Brewers at seven, and Marlins, Phillies at eight. Like yeah. if you come a little early, you can see the back end of Rangers Rays and just kind of roll into a bunch of playoff games. You've got some
1: time on your hands. So yeah, again, I mean, I'll I'll be these there. Wild early. card
0: days are so under. I mean, I think oh, after definitely. the few years of this, they are going to be like some of the most fun days. I mean, four games like that, that means so much. Like, I remember watching the Mariners home wildcard games last year.
1: Mm-hmm. And I was like,
0: this place is absolutely electric. Now we'll see as the, as the twins are selling tickets for as low as $6 to target field. We'll see if anybody's in the building for these games, but,
1: uh. and, and again, I hope, I mean, I don't, we had this issue in 2014 where we begged and pleaded to get the Royals and we got them. And then we got our asses handed to us. But I think we have to root for Rangers and twins. Right. To advance to beat the to beat the Rays and then the Twins to beat the Jays. I I would love to to end. The I Rangers have watched. I,
0: I will. Say, I watched so or paid attention so little to the Twins that sure I'll take them over the Blue Jays. Um, it's so funny about the Rangers who were so bad for a
1: stretch like a month ago and then have figured it out. I don't know. But then they choked away the division yeah, and Houston have- ends up winning and. Yeah, but. This is gonna. This will. We come back to home. We kind of may have the raise number right now. I know that sounds crazy. The only thing is, I don't. That pitching staff again. That's all it takes is is you know glass now. Eflin, Savali, and then that bullpen. It's like ah shit. Yeah, it's true. It is also bullshit that that if if Toronto wins, they're the sixth seed. They're the lowest seed. They do not play the Orioles. Like yeah, they have to reseed this. This is really stupid.
0: Insane. They have to to reseed. It's so dumb. If you're the, by the way, if you're the Rays, you get screwed. Like the mm-hmm. Rays should not win this series and play the Orioles. That makes no, no sense.
1: The top two teams by far in the AL all year are going to play yeah. in the AL, could possibly play in the ALDS. And we ran into this in the NL a couple of years ago with the, um, it was like the 105 win Dodgers beat the 107 win Giants in the DS, and it was like, well, you guys want to? I don't understand.
0: Game. It, it seems like the easiest thing in the world to fix. Why would you not reseed yeah. them?
1: Yeah. It's, I don't know. They will they got to figure that out. But also the, the, the AL series look great. The NL series are fucking snoozers. Diamondbacks, brewers, and Phillies, Marlins. I will say
0: getting Philly involved is at, with home games is always good. That ballpark is awesome. And their fans are great.
1: But like, who wants to sit down and watch Diamondbacks, brewers? Like, yeah, that's that's a baseball
0: can't baseball cannot love really any of these series. They get the Phillies, which is nice. It's a great fan base, but like, no one's getting out. I mean, no one's getting out of bed for Rangers Rays. The Rays I mean, if you're a baseball person, you know how good the Rays are, but like you get a Texas team that has kind of been kind of is whatever has a lot of guys that people know. Mm-hmm. but like then you get Canada. And the problem is those games would be great in Toronto, and they're not yeah. in Toronto. They're in Minnesota, just not as much juice. Like those games would be lit in the Sky Dome. I mean it would yeah. be the, or the Rogers Center. but um, so yeah, but go out to Jimmys and watch them. and yeah, then. Yeah. Come on out. It all comes back to Baltimore on Saturday. Man, what a scene that is going to be around Camden Yards.
1: The tailgate on, on Saturday with Adam Jones being there, dangerously delicious pies. He's going to be pieing people for charity. Again, It's it, that could start – It I assume – again, we don't know the time of the, the game time yet. I assume that game is going to be 12.35 or 1 because of the concert, the Billy Joel and Stevie Nicks yeah. at night. But that tailgate could start at like 8 a.m., 7 a.m. And that, again, And then Sunday, I was talking about it with Johnny today. If the, if the Orioles get the four o'clock game and you roll right from Ravens Steelers, which should be a smacking by the Ravens going right into game two, that's a, that's a nut. That's an all-time sports day. I mean, that could be a legitimate unreal day in Baltimore. So get ready. Absolutely. It's, it's, it's going to be, it's going to be wild. And, and again, we'll just, you know, Go out, support the guys, go out to a bar, f- figure something out, and can, we'll have all your coverage here. And uh, let's hope it's a good weekend. We can't wait. Make
0: sure to follow us, all of us on social media at um, Exit52 Podcast on all of your social media platforms. You can follow RDT at E D I T T I 22, Banks at Barstool Banks, Mia Taylor Smite 10, Jake at Jake Luke, L O U Q U E, and then Spenny at Ravens, four dummies. That's the number four between Ravens and dummies very much appreciate everyone's support I know I said this on the uh, live show last night make sure to subscribe on YouTube um, as we continue to kind of put this in in podcast and video form that's a huge platform for us so make sure to support uh, very much appreciate Jimmy Seafood make sure to go out and see RDT and DL Hall on Wednesday watch the playoff baseball and enjoy a great conversation uh, we will see you next time on the exit 52 podcast presented by Jimmy Seafood